What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Air Attack Podcast, presented by La La Terrain Watches. Definitely give them a check out. La Terrain, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Shop, get all your swag. Trust me, I got mine. Should have brought them on the podcast, but they're up in my built-in. Just got home from work. But nonetheless, great merchandise, great watches, great uh, sunglasses, what you got and what you want. They probably will have it. And, of course, a ton of of other watches coming out here shortly and more details about that in the description and in the tweets later on tonight. But of course, Little Terrain, you also uh, use the code Air Raid, save you 10% off on all orders. And uh, I may just have a special, special giveaway. Of course, that would be tweeted out tonight after the doubleheader. But nonetheless, the founder of La Terrain Watches, Dave, is joining us. Dave, first off, thank you for allowing the podcast to be a part of your brand, and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come on the podcast. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. First things first, Dave, is, you know, and I'm curious myself, just like everyone else, is first off, Law Terrain. How did you come up with that awesome name? Great watch, <laughs> by the way. I love my I love my watch and sunglasses. But how did you come up with the name and just start uh, practically, I guess, from day one up until now? What led you to start this uh, business? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. The, the name itself actually comes from a family history. Uh, my family was originally from Italy, and they immigrated to the United States in 1893. Um, they went to Ellis Island. They you know, started their own business. They lived the American dream. And the ship that carried them from Italy, or actually outside of France, to the U.S., was SS La Terrain. It was a French ocean liner, um, and it was in service before World War One, um, and that's kind of where we. I wanted to take the the essence of the brand, and that it basically started from the old world, started from nothing, to the new world where you built a family, you built a legacy, uh, and you kind of lived the American dream. So uh, I thought that that would be a good place to start for the brand. And uh, we've we've gone from there. Well, I definitely enjoy it, and you know, I know, I know a good, you know, a lot of people. Robert, of course, DGD podcast uh, with the dogs. I know he's him and I will talk at times, and I know he's a lot of it. Dan from the Time to BS podcast, he's up for. It. I know that you know a lot of people may not see behind the you know behind the scenes, of course, in the chat and everything else. But there's a lot of a lot of excitement and. Uh, you know the stuff that you're posting that you know that's going to get out there, pre-order wise. It's it's looking sharp there, Dave. Oh man, oh, appreciate man. that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fun because you know you're in, you're in the lab kind of. You're designing yeah. something. You're looking at the options that are available, and you think you have an idea of if people are going to like it or not, but you're not entirely sure until you put it out there. And thankfully, we I haven't run into a lot of like the ooh, that's not that's not what I want to wear. <laughs> I was about to ask you that. Have you got in the, you know, when you look at a product or somebody happens to look at it, have you got those not so much negative comments, but like, eh, yeah, no, yeah. we're not we're not going with this one. Well, you know, it's funny. I think what you'll see is, you know, especially friends and family, uh, mm-hmm. they'll be very supportive of whatever you do generally, right? So I'll put something out and be like, oh yeah, it looks great. And then I'll look at my sales and no one's buying it, right? So uh that's the ultimate test is will people actually come to the website, look at it, buy it, 
Um, and so far, so far it's been working out, but there are definite times when I've seen some things on the table or I've designed some things and, you know, woken up the next day and looked at it again and go, ah, I don't like that so much. So I'll go back and tweak something to make it into what I want it to be. Um, and so far, so good. Really appreciate all the support from EGD, yourself, uh, all the podcasts. I mean, this has been tremendous to me being able to, uh, reach out and just talk watches with all of you. And it's, you know, and, and of course, a lot of people out there, if you want a, a genuine company to shop for, you know, holiday season literally seemed like it's so far away, but you know, now we're in September as of tomorrow here in a few hours, if you go by clockwise, but so on and so forth. But you look at it, you know, holidays coming around, but, you know, and I'm not speaking just to make Dave look good, but, you're talking to the customer service rep right here. Him and Patrick do a wonderful job. Yeah. Hey, if, if they, they're going to hook you up one way or another. And if you want, you know, genuine people that want to make sure that you're taking care of looking good, these are the guys right here that does it. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. What When you go to the website and you see the chat bot load, uh, a lot of websites will just use some, you know, script. <laughs> uh, when you go to our website, it's actually me answering you. So I, I, I do apologize if you have a little delay in your answer because I might be sleeping or I might be at you know, work or something, but I will get back to you. I promise you that. And you will be hearing directly from me when you interact with us. Um, and so when it comes to the watches, the sunglasses, anything we have on the website, uh, all that is backed by me uh, and a 24-month warranty to ensure that no matter what you get, you are covered. Hey, and I, I'm gonna speak for myself. I enjoy. I'll definitely be getting more. Uh, you know, holiday season's right around the corner. Of course, my boss, um, who is the director of operations, you know, she and she, I thought thought it was hilarious that I was wearing them while working. And so, uh, hey, I gotta look give. I'm gonna work. Hey, that's right. I mean, you know, <laughs> the dress makes the man, right? So you gotta make sure you're dressed up. You look got the right style. I mean. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, I got it's my looking... navigator on right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's no, I enjoy it. it's wonderful, wonderful products. You know, and the sunglasses people don't realize, you know, a lot of sunglasses are either got that really tight knit feel or they're really close to your eyes. Mine, I just love it because it's it fits well, it looks great. The bro filter is amazing. And it, it, it's all around, Dave, excellent work. And I'm telling you, I'm excited, not just for Love Terrain, but, man, do you got something going here. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is that whenever we do something like this, I actually sent a video to Benjamin today saying, mm -hmm. here's another sample that I've been working on. Um, it didn't feel right to me. Uh, it just didn't have the right quality to it. Uh, and I don't want to put my brand on that. So, you know, we do have these things going on in the background where we try out new ideas and you will, you'll never see them on the website because they're just not good enough. Um, so when you see what is on the website, what is available, when we run sales, sign up to the email list, we run discounts, exclusive discounts to the email list, uh, social media, all of that stuff has a, uh, a meaning behind it. It's all been vetted. It's all going to work. That's awesome. And, you know, a buddy of mine who will be on – um, following this episode or this recording as well is, you know, he's real big into, you know, the American dream and, and <clears throat> just the oversight of everything. And 
knowing that you know you're fulfilling your american dream you know you're starting your own business it's you know taking off i know obviously people like it's a smaller one um but you know you got, everybody's got to start somewhere and yeah. so the fact that the american dream which is a huge part is amazing itself and you don't see so many people chase a dream so much was this something that you always wanted to do growing up or start your own biz and just see where, where, where it take you from you know that's a great question so uh you know i've had a career now for a while mm -hmm. Um, and what I found is, you know, a lot of times you don't know what you don't know until you go out and do it. Yep. And when it came to starting a business, I figured, Hey, I'll give it a try. If it doesn't work, at least I've learned something. And, um, along the way I've met some amazing people, um, met people like yourself yep. and no matter what happens with the business, that in itself is worth it for me. You know, the customers that we've had, the people that are happy, uh, the people that just love our watches and our, our all of our products made it worth it for me. So it's not something that I initially sit out saying, I'm going to have a business plan. I'm going to mm -hmm. have this by year three. And here's my projection for year. It was more just out of passion for wanting to do what's right. Uh, and, and offer people something that I think is a bit unique for the price range that it's in. Hey, I'm telling you guys, and we'll talk sports here in a, in a few minutes, but LaTorraine.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Check them out. Um, you know, I know a lot of people like say, hey, it's a, what do you call those things? Uh, practically a TV advertisement. It's a podcast advertisement, but I can speak for myself having the products and you will not be disappointed. And uh, I'm telling you guys, they got some great stuff that's going to be shooting out and uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Um, I think we're going to have a really good holiday season. We're going to have specials. And we have that Atlas new watch for pre-order right now. Make sure you get one because that one's going to be very special. And we'll have we'll add that to the tweet that will release the uh, podcast tonight once it's all edited and, and finished up. And so we'll make sure we get that out on my end. And uh, talking a little sports, Dave, real quick. Um, Philly, we, you know, we're right – NFL is right around the corner. And, uh, you know, you're a Philly guy, you know, your thoughts on the Eagles and, and of course, you know, he only played for one year at OU, but is Jalen Hurts really Philly's quarterback of the future? Man, I'll tell you something. When they got rid of Wentz, I was a little upset. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think that they gave him a good enough of a shot with the different coaching staff or whatever. But now with that said, we got to give Jalen, you got to give Jalen mm -hmm. some time, see what he's made of, see what he's capable of. They brought in some talent. They got a new coaching staff. Nick, I think, is going to be a good head coach. And uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a building year. I think we're going to have to see what the draft picks can do, what Howie's put together. Uh, but I think that um, we're going to find out really quick what we have at quarterback. I like Jalen. Um, you know, off the field, this dude's a wonderful guy. I never met him yeah. in person. But what I see off the field, he's very involved in the community. I know here locally – um, his time, short time here in Oklahoma, he has spent quite a bit at the Cherland's Hospital, which is somewhat close to downtown area and and all that good stuff. But uh, hey, I, I respect Philly fans; they're they're passionate. You guys are passionate about your well, all the sports, but especially the Eagles. Um, yeah. <laughs> how? What's the? <laughs> I hate saying this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Ask it. How short of a short stint? Is Philly fans going to give them start to give him uh, Jalen the Philly booze uh, if his performance goes south pretty quick? 
Well, I'll tell you what. It depends on uh, a couple things. It depends on if he's showing that he's given a max effort. Mm-hmm. If he's out there just killing himself to try to get the team a win, they'll, they'll respect that. If uh, he makes a ton of mistakes early and just doesn't seem to care, doesn't have his head in the game, he's going to hear it. Um, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they start booing him the first game if he starts coming out there throwing like a pick six or two. You know, mm-hmm. like they're going to let him hear it. Um, but with that said, if he comes out and he plays solid and he keeps playing solid and he's a huge character guy, like you talked about, I think they're going to have, I think he's going to have, a, he's going to have supporters. Um, they will get behind him. Um, but, you know, is he going to be the long-term solution at quarterback? I don't know. I mean, uh, I think you're seeing what the team's doing with Gardner Minshew, with uh, Joe Flacco, bringing in these veteran quarterbacks, no matter, I mean, they're not, you know, going to be star material either, but, just bringing in veteran quarterbacks, I think they're going to need someone to manage the game if Jalen doesn't work out. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I'll, I'll give him three games before you know the, the fans will you know either fall in love with them or flip on them. I like the kid Garner Minshew. I know, I believe um, you know he can. He's got some talent. Little mustache boy is what I call him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> hey, I can't knock him. He can play. I never heard of the kid coming out of college. Uh, nonetheless, he can play, but. You look at Philly, of course, they're in a pretty, let's say, pretty bad division. But with Dallas, who I can't stand. I'm not saying because you're a Philly fan. I don't like Dallas. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> All right. Can we can we please, under like, who came up with the idea that they're America's team? Who came up with that idea? I, I feel like someone in Dallas came up with that idea, and everyone's just been repeating it ever since because – there is no way you go into Philly and you say America's team and people are thinking, all right, you know, we came from the uh, Declaration of Independence was signed here and you're saying Dallas is America's team? That just doesn't make sense. Finally, somebody gets it. <laughs> right. You know, and, and it's funny because, you know, I, I get it with the, the, the saying, that, you know, everything's big in Texas. Okay, so be it. But, you know the the program the program the organization hasn't won a Super Bowl almost in thirty years and mm-hmm. let's be I mean I'm just gonna flat out say it Jerry Jones is the reason why Dallas is where they're at position yeah, wise yeah. because he's so much in control you're the owner and then you're the president then you're practically every godforsaken you know front office p- position he seemed like he's a head coach because I've never seen a guy have his own show and actually get interviewed after the game which. Whatever, but uh, I'm with you though. I don't know where the, I don't know where the America's team came from, but I, I think they need to definitely reinvest in that slogan. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you mention that about Jerry Jones because there's another owner that's very like that, and that would be Daniel Snyder uh, yep. in Washington. Uh, just you know, culture starts from the top down, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, at some point. You have to take responsibility for your, your team's inability to win, uh, for your team's inability to get talent. And, you know, I'm sorry, man. The mirror's looking at you at some point. Eventually, which I, you know, I didn't realize Jerry Jones played college ball at Arkansas. And, you know, that's pretty cool. But, yeah, I just, you know, as much as I don't like Dallas, I don't like anything in Texas. I'll just be honest with you. But <laughs> I just don't. And it, it goes back to OU Texas. But, you know, my wife and I, we went down there to San Antonio, which 
I don't know if you've ever been to San Antonio, but that's beautiful yeah. down there. Definitely nice. beautiful. Uh, humid, but that I'll tolerate that. Um, Dallas, yeah, whatever. Waco was okay. I mean, it was all right. Nothing spectacular, but um, but anyway, so they have this, you know, long story short, I just wish Texas, at least the Dallas fans would realize, quit saying this is our year. They've been saying it for 30 years. It's not your year. Just give it up. Start fresh. First of all, they need to work on Ezekiel Elliott. That boy's gaining more weight than he's losing weight. I guess eating a bowl of Cheerios or something. I, I don't know what they're. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing to him, poor kid. Um, but nonetheless, you know, you know is, Dallas. But you know the difference between Dallas and Philly is right. Dallas, Dallas would say this is our year. Philly would say there's always next year. <laughs> Who was that kicker a few years back? Um, that oh, what was his name? He was on, he was during a draft and he practically went off on Dallas. I can't remember who that was, but um, um, was that David Akers? Yes, David Akers. Um, that had to be the probably greatest moment of NFL <laughs> draft. Like I said, I don't like Dallas. It's just if Dallas goes 0-17, I'm perfectly fine. If they miss the playoffs, if they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. I just Jerry Jones, you know, what he did to Tom Landry. I wasn't around during, but according to my dad, was not cool. But um I just I just have that passion. I just don't uh I'm not a huge fan of Dallas. Hey, hey I mean you and everybody on uh South Street will agree with you. We're <laughs> <laughs> <a> good company. <laughs> hey, I know one thing. I you know I I, I don't have my brother in law is a Philly fan. I don't really know how that matched out, but he definitely is that. But uh, no, I, I root for everybody but Dallas in that division. I root for anybody but Dallas. Period. I know a lot of people don't like Tom Brady. I really have nothing against Tom Brady. I know it's like kind of like the Alabamas of college football. You probably do get sick and tired of seeing him win, but. You know, like Ric Flair always said, if, if if you all you listeners out there that's wrestling fans, in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And Tom Brady can do – maybe Tom Brady's a missing link to Dallas winning the Super Bowl. Maybe. Yeah, like some space time he's getting on. Like, all I'll say about Brady is, uh, you know, Nick Foles. That's all I'll say. Uh, other than that, he's had a great career. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's no disrespect, but yeah, uh, he's... we got him. <laughs> if you're gonna win one Super Bowl in team history, and I know it's not much, but if you're only gonna win one, hey, it was against the greatest of all time, if not one of the greatest. Depends on you know what generation or how you're gonna count the greatest quarterback is. Could have been a fluke, but that's okay. Yep. <laughs> Hey, it could be like the Chicago Cubs. They've won a World Series, and look, they haven't done nothing since. Hey, you know, sometimes it's all city needs, honestly. <laughs> like, when you win one championship in Philly, I mean, you're good for the rest of your life. I mean, it's it's, it's <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> That's the expectations, man. You had, you had generations of Eagles fans. I mean, like, just generations. Since 1946, you know, I guess, was the, the last championship they won. It wasn't in the NFL back then. 
And uh, to see them win one in my lifetime was uh, you know, special. And so from this point on, whatever they want to do, I'll support them. But we got one. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not great. I love that. <laughs> Speaking of Super Bowl moments, and I can still relive, you know, um, relive Super Bowl. 50. If you can't tell, Dave, in the back, I'm a Broncos fan. Um, um, you know, we, we got our own issues. But nonetheless, you look at Super Bowl moments. What While watching that game, what did you do when you celebrated? What was your – how did you celebrate the that wonderful win? I don't think I, I can repeat what I do in this podcast. Not family family. But uh, let me just say there was about, uh, you know, 20 some odd years of sports mm -hmm. frustration just let out. Um, it was very cathartic for me. It, it was just, uh, it was more in sports because you had just dealt with, you know, not being good enough for so long because right. everyone else in that division has multiple rings. Uh, everyone else in that division would always give you crap every time you would play each other mm -hmm. uh, and to actually win that on that stage against that opponent um yeah it, it would be a family friendly but it was a long blue streak it was just like man we finally did it we finally did it and as it didn't feel real it took like a couple it took a couple moments for it to sink in as this mm -hmm. was actually happening and I think you saw what happened in the city itself. They went crazy. Ooh, yes. It was, uh, it was like taking this huge gorilla just off your back. Uh, there's no way of really describing it other than that. It was an amazing moment. Uh, never forget it. You know, and I and people, unfortunately, you know, I got a Cleveland fan, uh, Cleveland Brown fan coming on tomorrow. And, you know, and, and some, unfortunately, some people can't and haven't felt that. But, yeah. you know, of course, Super Bowl 50, it's, you know, going on six years now, but um, you know, I still remember, and it brings all back my, my memories because you know, we'll kind of get not too personal, but <clears throat> I always ask this one question I always ask every host just to see how everybody reacted. But you know, last year my dad had a stroke, and of course, COVID, all you know, all that good stuff, and so it brings back some little 50. I remember watching it. My dad was he came over to the house, and you know, I think it was my oldest son was still no, he passed out on the floor. I woke him up. He passed out on the floor. My wife was still awake. My dad was next to me somewhere. Of course, towards the end, I was starting to get too excited. I don't think I could sit down. My youngest son was sleeping. My son, my daughter wasn't around at the time. So, um, but uh, now, those are the memories people don't realize. Yeah, sports is just a, it's a cool thing to get away from life on. But, you know, also at the same time, sports bring those moments and kind of leads up. Um, and then we'll get back to Philly real quick. But. Last year, of course, we all know COVID, COVID twenty, uh, COVID twenty, COVID nineteen, twenty twenty year, all that you know, not really good stuff, but all the stuff we all got dealt with, one into another. Looking back at twenty twenty, and I know we're halfway through twenty one now, but looking through twenty twenty, what were you more? What was some of the things that you just realized? And like for me, example, not so much family time, but it really put in perspective. Man, did I really need to do X, Y? Was I really that busy to, you know, hold off another weekend to go see whoever? Um, until you can't. But nonetheless, what was 2020 like for you personally? And what did you learn from it? Or what were some of the things that you were probably not so grateful for in the past prior to 2020? Man, that's a great question. Um, 
So 2020 for me was different, like it was for everybody. Mm -hmm. My wife and I, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina in uh, August of 2019. We bought our home here in November of 2019. And we were thinking 2020 was going to be our year. Like we had tickets to NFL games. We had tickets to concerts. You name it. Like we were going to go out and just see the world, see the city, and just become – you know, residents of our new home. Uh, as you, we both got new jobs, both really excited about that. And then, as you know, COVID happened. Everything went remote. Everything shut down. Businesses were closed. Uh, and I think really what it it showed me, like, just how, you know, uh, much we take for granted, I think, mm-hmm. within the society that we live in. Like, all the freedoms we had to just go out and do anything we wanted. And you know, that's not so much the case anymore with a lot of things closing down, the restrictions and everything like that. And I think it just shows like how fragile those freedoms were to just go out and do whatever you want, travel wherever you want, um, and to lose some of that. So I think from that aspect, open your eyes a little bit. From the work aspect, I think it ushered in and sped up the remote work culture uh, a lot more than people were ready for in some ways. But showing that maybe it's not, maybe we don't have to go to an office as much anymore. Um, and then from a family perspective, you know, part of it was great. Got to spend a ton of time with my wife. Um, we have a, we have a newborn son now as well, which has been awesome. Yeah. But we also didn't get to see our in-laws. We didn't get to see your parents much, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that's time lost. Uh, didn't get to see a lot of friends, time lost. So, on the whole, I think it was just a really uh, retro, you know, introspective year, uh, and you know, I hope that all of us are better coming out of it um, because of all the things that we can now appreciate more than we probably did before. So true, and and you know, and you nailed it. Um, just grateful for just life in itself. I think we take for granted a lot of a lot of things, like you know, for you know, for me, my I always take my oldest to. Thunder games, the Thunder basketball games, mm-hmm. or or um, when I was working with the Dodgers, maybe come by or whatever. There's a lot of things, not, not so much sports related, but you can go to the movie theaters. You can go, you know, yeah, heck, you can go like, to the park. I mean, the park, for God's yeah, sake. So, I mean, yeah, things you just used to do yeah. for fun, like that were spontaneous. Like, mm-hmm. let's go see a movie tonight. Well, now it's a little more difficult. So, yeah, I think you're, you know, <laughs> right there. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing about you know, I, I hope. Well, first off, is everybody is your family has. First off, is your family doing well? Of course, with all this COVID stuff going around, and, and hopefully not. But were you guys in the COVID realm of? Did anybody get sick during, or I guess even leading up to today? Has anybody in your family got COVID or been sick? You know, uh, I'd hate to answer that question because we've been blessed and not had any COVID in our family. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to curse you guys. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure eventually it'll happen um, by the virtue of how this stuff works. But so far, we managed to stay safe and healthy, and uh, you know, that's really what our focus is. We're crossing fingers, saying prayers for you. I don't jinx you guys. Yeah. So if yeah, <laughs> I'm known for jinxing people. So hopefully that curse oh, got no. stopped before before <laughs> before Dave and his family. Uh, anybody else? You know, I, you know. Well, so be it. But no, <laughs> jokes aside. But uh, <laughs> everybody else. No, Dave's on his own. Everybody else, now you're with me. We're gonna we're gonna take the risk. Uh, but anyway, no, it's uh, 
you know, I had symptoms. I the test came back negative, whether or not it might be the false negative. I, I'm not yeah, gonna speak yeah. on that one. Um, the wife had it real bad, and then my youngest son, poor kid, he had a he's eight now, but he was seven at the time, and uh, his temperature couldn't go down for about four days. And I felt bad for that kid because my daughter, my daughter loves her siblings, her older brothers. My oldest son is 12, Isaac's 12, Blake's seven. Well, now he's eight. Okay, I'm bad. He's eight and she's three. Well, anyway, so poor kid, he just comes out there. I'm on, you know, COVID leave from work. He sits on, a, he's, he's watching TV on the living room on the couch. All of a sudden he gets up and he's like, I'm like, oh boy, this isn't good. Because usually with Blake, he doesn't tell you he's sick. He's just going to let you know he's sick. Yeah. And so, poor kid, all of a sudden he gets up and just vomits everywhere. Well, myself, I'm not a huge vomit person. I tolerate it pretty well. Poor my my wife, I feel bad for her. She's running down the hall to the restroom because she's about to get sick because she's seen our youngest son get sick. I'm holding my daughter at the time. You know, she's, but, 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 yeah, he, he can't play, Victor. He can't play. And so, you know, we, it was not fun. But nonetheless, um, since then, we've all been, like you said, it's been crossing fingers for the hope. But, yeah, you know, it is where it's one of those things, if it's going to happen, it's just going to, I mean, hopefully not, but cross fingers 10 times for Dave and uh, two times yeah, for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> all of our fingers are crossed. <laughs> but no, I'm glad to hear that your family is doing well and uh and um and we're praying of course crossing fingers that everything turns out that well. Um real quick back to Philly. I know people like, that's not um you know keep going. Well, there's also good things too. Dick Vermeil, of course, a former Eagles head coach way back in the day, yeah. Super Bowl winner with the Rams. I believe he's due up for um the Hall of Fame on this year's next year's ballot. Any chance he's a first-time ballot, in your opinion, or maybe a few years for Dick? You know, I like him. I think he's a good guy. He did a good job mm -hmm. to helping to bring together a really rough roster. Um, I think he was a coach during the Invincible period with uh, – yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I just, But, you know, he's won one Super Bowl. Um, is, that, is that enough for a first-time coach to get in? Uh, John Madden got in, but you know, me that's because more of his broadcasting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Good one. I mean, I'll keep my fingers crossed for him. How's that? I like him just because he brought my dad's Rams a Super Bowl. I'll, I'll, I'll hope for him. I'm like you. I don't know if one is going to get you in, but I mean, again, there's some people in there that I thought shouldn't be in, but. Yeah. Nonetheless, they make the decisions, not me. Um, real quick, Dave, the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Bring it on. What in the world is going to happen with this team? I know they just got extension, mass extension for Joel Embiid. Now Ben Simmons, we don't know what's really, you know, playoff Simmons sucks. Uh, Rego Simmons, hey, he's tolerable. Um, but nonetheless, what does this team should do, in your opinion? I mean, I know we're not we're not GMs and we're not behind the locker room. I get that. It's just it's podcast. We just talk. What should the Philadelphia Philadelphia the 76ers do, um, in your opinion? Because I know oh, I had them winning. I'll be honest, I had them winning, um, but that didn't happen so well. Uh, nonetheless, jokes aside, 
where does Philly go from here from a Philly standpoint, from a fan standpoint even, too? Man, we could do a whole other podcast on that thoughts of the Sixers. Hey, I can schedule you for next month. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, so I played basketball growing up. Basketball is my love and adoration of a sport. Uh, Sixers are obviously the team I watched growing up. And I watch the modern NBA. I watch the Sixers team, and the way that they're constructed is imbalanced. You have Simmons running point guard when he can't shoot the ball or he's not willing to shoot the ball to spread the defense out. Uh, you have a post player who is at the three-point line dribbling be- between his legs doing crossover moves. I mean, I'm an old head. Like, I understand the game's involved, but at some point, these positions need to match better. Uh, you need to have Embiid. He's going to get tired in the fourth quarter. He's carrying way too much of the load right now offensively. Defensively, he's a beast, and once again, he's tired by the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, he needs help, and yeah. you surround him with—I hate to say it—but not much better role players. Um, Tobias Harris, he's got this extension. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't—I see him as like a third, maybe fourth mm-hmm. starter, not as yeah. the number three guy, maybe number two guy, depending on Simmons decided to show up or not. Simmons to me, so I'm on I'm on the Simmons get him out of the town mm-hmm. bandwagon. I have been since he came back the second season without jump shot. It's been that long. In my opinion, in the NBA, if you can't develop a jump shot, yeah. that tells me that you're not willing to work hard. You have yeah. the best coaches in the world, you have the best nutrition in the world, the best trainers in the world. And after four years, maybe five now, five? Yeah, you can't, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you can't take a jump shot. There's no excuse. I mean, he's been empowered for too long. You had Brett mm-hmm. Brown, in my opinion, a fire coach, and I were Brett Brown uh, before he got fired. He should have been fired. Oh, yeah. Every time Ben Simmons passed up an open jump shot, I would have brought him to the bench until he learned how to carry the offense the right way. And I know that might be a little extreme, but they just called him for so long, and now he's just – I have no use for him on the team. I, I really just don't like the player. Um, you know, it is what it is. They need to trade him. <laughs> well, and that's about this. And I was actually um, going to ask that. Do you think, and I'm not making no excuses. I think his time in Philly's way done. I, I think it's time to to have a change of scene or whether that's, well, whether that's anyway, I don't know who's going to take him, but I'm sure someone will. But yeah. nonetheless, um, do you think it's a confidence thing with him passing up the open shots? Because he knows that he probably – 99.2% of the time, they're going to miss that shot. You know, that's that's where as a fan, you just never know. Um, exactly. You know, I, I'm outside looking in. I don't know his day to day. I don't know what his preparation is. I don't know where his mental health is. Uh, I know they have sports psychologists on the roster at, in Philly. You know, I, you know, that's that's the coaches. That's mm-hmm. something the coach to figure out. And can Doc Rivers figure that out with this guy? I don't know if he can. If, I mean, Brett had him for that long. I don't know if he can. But um, I think a change of scenery is the right move for him, both you know for his career, but then I think also to help take some of the pressure off of him too. I think change of scenery definitely would be good. And you know, some players, they unfortunately, some do actually do better with the change of scenery than they do where they're currently at. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Oklahoma City Thunder should make a trade for Simmons. Eh, I don't know about that one. Uh, but if it happens, you know, nonetheless. But, no, I, I think I like Philly. Um a team that has a lot of potential, definitely has a talent. 
that can win a championship. And brings me to this question, coming from a Philly fan, who's the closest team currently all in Philly? You got the Phillies. I don't know much. Uh, and, um, I guess they have a soccer team. I don't know. I don't follow soccer very well. But out of the what they call the four majors, the, the Flyers, the Phillies, the Eagles, the uh, Sixers, who has the closest chance to winning the uh, division? Uh, championship, uh, league championship anytime soon. Ooh. I know that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, I'll, say, I'll say it's not the Eagles. They're, they're rebuilding. Uh, they're right. a few years away for sure. Um, I would say I don't follow the Flyers enough, but from my understanding, they're kind of in a rebuild period as well. They have a lot of older talent that they're trying to cycle through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's probably the Sixers. The Phillies are too inconsistent. They need more talent. They're a little young. Bullpen's always an issue with them. So I would have to go Sixers, but they need to make the right trade for Simmons. Um, if they make the right trade for Simmons, that team is kind of fixed. Uh, if you can get a point guard in there that can shoot the ball from behind the three-point line, spread the defense, and then still defend, I think that's all that team needs. You know, and I don't know I don't know contract-wise what Simmons still has or currently has left and but what would you do? Would you do a Shea Gilgis Alexander? Because, you know, the Thunder always trades people just to get picks. And we always trade people because the contracts are close to being expired. Would you take, like, a Shea Gilgis Alexander as your point guard and exchange it for Ben Simmons? You know, I don't know enough about that player to be able to say yes or no. But if your team is always looking for draft picks, <laughs> uh, you know, I come from the, the Sam Hinkie belief that – you don't, you don't give those things up. Uh, you don't give those things up unless it's a franchise-altering talent. Yep. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if that, I don't know if that gentleman is a franchise-altering talent to, to take away draft picks. So, uh, you know, it's tough because remember the process was started because the yep. Sixers team with Iguodala couldn't get past the first round, no matter how, how much they tried. So it was started to get that moonshot of getting a franchise player and to go win a championship. And now we have got the franchise player, but now we're in a very similar position of instead of the first round, now we're second round in and out. So um, yeah, I think there's going to have to be changes made. Well, no, I agree. I, I, I agree. And Shea Gildas, I don't know much about him. I, know, I never heard of the kid uh, when we traded for him 2019. When well, I don't know, 2020, 2019, somewhere in that ball frame. Um, I know they got a massive extension for him, but. I, I'm not going to speak on behalf of if he's the franchise, I was to say quarterback, franchise answer or not, but uh, we'll see in a matter of time. But real quick, uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, but looking at um, looking at the NBA as a whole, and I know Dan from the Time to BS podcast, uh, I listened to some of his episodes, and we've, and we've even talked about it from time to time. But is the NBA? Are we just going to get have to get used to the super conference or super conference super team mentality like the uh, what LA is doing out in with the Lakers? You know, I think I think to an extent we are. Um, I think there's too many teams to have enough of, of a talent base on smaller markets. So you're gonna you're gonna have to have some of these areas where you have uh, super teams. Um, is it good for the NBA? Is an error question. But I think that you see Milwaukee just won the championship. Uh, that's that's a good sign for just you know parity of the league. But ultimately, I think you're good. Just 
the problem with super teams is that once you start going down that route, you're going to have to tell everybody to basically disarm <laughs> and break it up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, kind of like, you know, like the Cold War arms race, right? Like, which yep. side is going to stop first? And I don't know if that's going to happen without the commissioner and the board of governors getting involved and rewriting the rules around free agencies and, you know, stuff like that. So it's a tough one. It is. And, you know, again, um, I'll be on A lot of people don't realize like, you don't talk much about the NBA. Well, I do now with the Thunder, but, you know, growing up wise, I never really even followed the NBA because there's really no reason to. My dad, who I love to death, he's a Knicks fan that I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have to answer. I have to get his answer before he passes away. Why did he like all these teams? So kind of fill you in. He's a Montreal Canadian fan. Never lived yeah. in Canada, but he's a Montreal Canadian fan. Don't ask me how that started. He's a New York Knicks fan. Poor guy. Then you got the Oakland Athletics. And then at the time, it was the LA Rams with Deacon Jones. Then they moved to St. Louis. He still called them LA Rams. Then he was so glad they moved back to LA because he kept saying LA Rams when they were in St. Louis. And um, I don't know where he likes these teams, but he's got a variety. But I'll have to find out. But <laughs> what I'm getting that one is, is going to the NBA um, expansion. I know we talked about Las Vegas potentially, you know, Seattle, you know, poor guys got their team lost. Do we think the NBA – how big is too big for the NBA, in your opinion? Or I know talent-wise, a lot of people kind of vary it, that expansion. You know, well, the talent's not there. You know, baseball, there's already enough bad teams that it is, as they would always say. Could you potentially see the NBA expanding or probably more relocating to, say, Las Vegas and to Seattle if they happen to go that route down the future? You know, part of me hopes that Seattle gets a team back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that fan base was a very good fan base, a loyal fan base. And yeah. I think what the owner did to that city is probably your worst case nightmare as mm-hmm. a fan of any team. Um, now, with that said, yeah. Oklahoma City obviously has embraced it and been a wonderful, right. wonderful city. Um, but I think anybody growing up in the NBA misses the Supersonics, right? Um, so I think that they could support a team. Now, is the talent pool deep enough to support – what are they up to now, 32 teams if they went back to Seattle? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, probably not. I mean, I think what you're seeing in the NBA today is a lack of talent. Um, you have superstars that – you know, I, I mean, they're good, but, you know, if you put them in other eras, how good would they be with different yeah. roles with – you know, more physical play. I, I just don't know. I think it's a tough question uh, because there's really no way of knowing in sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess what it boils down to, right? There's really no way of knowing. Uh, you have metrics, you have data, you have analytics, and I know that that will drive people crazy to hear me say that, but the, the problem is that, you know, you may have people scoring as many points as James Harden, for example, because he's using the efficiency of data analytics in order to understand he needs to get the free throw line 15 times a game versus, you know, in the past when they would be taking long contested two point shots. Um, but do we know that that's means that they're a better player necessarily? I don't know. It's, it's, it's an internal debate of my own. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, and a lot of people and, you know, just, uh, 
they always do the what ifs, you know, the the expansions. Well, Oklahoma City is mentioned for the NFL. Well, as much as I would love to see an NFL team here in Oklahoma City, don't get me wrong. Geographically, it's not probably going to happen because you got Dallas, you got Houston, you got Denver, you got Kansas City. At the time, you had St. Louis. And now with everything you know going on with COVID and the economy and so on and so forth, I don't know if you're going to see brand brand new teams. I think more relocating, but but I'm like you though. You just can't fully, you know, and like you said, you just can't really answer answer because you get the analytics. Well, what if you know Russ Westbrook goes back to Seattle? What if so and so goes here? It's just too many what ifs, and you know, KD and LeBron may be playing their sixties and still going two three teams after every after every two years or so but yeah i mean that's a great point you have such a wide disparity in age now too i mean in eras past lebron would have been retired by now oh Uh, yes you know so it's it's very interesting to see how it's going to unfold because you used to have an older league that was mainly stars in their 30s mid you know early to mid 30s Mm -hmm. and that's what gave us some of the classics that we watch but now you have 20-year-olds going up against a 39-year-old. Uh, that's a really large disparity. Um, does, how does that impact your talent pool if you're going to keep expanding? You're going to mm-hmm. keep having more 20-year-olds coming in the league. Um, it would be interesting. I mean, with overseas talent expanding as well, you now have that route to get additional talent. But at some point, I mean, are there really going to be 350 players in the world that are good enough to wear, to walk on an NBA court? Um I guess we'll find out from one from one end to another. Um, but a uh, few questions. I'm just going to have kind of fun questions for you, Dave, in, in the show. But uh, first things first, uh, what do you like to do when you're – what do you like to do for fun? What's your favorite season, fall, winter, spring, summer? Yeah, well, fall is definitely my favorite season. Uh, all, the, all the sports I like are on. Uh, you know, for fun, you know, honestly, it's, uh, just hanging out with friends, having a lot of discussions just like this, <laughs> honestly, you know, we'll, uh, a couple of my a friend, a couple of my friends and I will go out and grab like bourbon or something like that and just, mm-hmm. you know, tee off around a lot of different things. And, uh, I find that to be a lot of fun and every now and then you know, I'm working at it, but I like to get back out to the court and take a couple jumpers here and there too. Maybe you can show Ben Simmons something. I don't think I could. <laughs> you know, have you ever seen that Joe Jewish Bros show? Yep. You know, we, we we're out here talking about Benson as not being able to shoot, but I guarantee you he could probably beat me in a game of horse like tomorrow. <laughs> like oh hands down, absolutely. Yeah, his pajamas, like wouldn't even like flip-flops. He'd be wearing flies and he'd be like draining like every three-pointer on me in the world. So like you know. <laughs> well, I know one thing. Uh the good Lord above did not bless me with basketball skills, so I'm not going to bash him, bash him too much. Because I'm going to be honest, he's going he's going to embarrass me on the court. <laughs> oh <laughs> but, man, that'd be a, that'd be a fun podcast, though. <laughs> dude, that would be nice. That would be <laughs> that would be nice. I can just now visual myself going to the hospital after that one. <laughs> um. Out in North Carolina, I know that they're – well, I've heard – I've never been to North Carolina. I know the wife and I were hoping to make it out there last year and, of course, COVID. We were supposed to take a cruise and, you know, COVID. But beside the point, uh, I heard North Carolina is good for the barbecue. Have you had any uh, – any? is there anything good out in North Carolina? Oh, man, I can tell you some places. 
they, nice. they, I love North Carolina barbecue. Um, I know that there are people that prefer Texas barbecue. Mm-hmm. I've been to Snows in Texas. I've been to a few of the airplanes in Texas. I like North Carolina barbecue. It's good stuff. Uh, anybody who wants to come to North Carolina, I can give you a list of places. Uh, check it out. Well, I know one thing. I'll ha- um, when that day comes, hopefully here soon. Hopefully, uh, I'll definitely hit you up and be like, "Hey, so give me a good list of because you know here in Oklahoma City, <clears throat> you know we got some good joints, but you know I hear really, really good things about North Carolina. I just gotta, I gotta t- at least taste, um, you know, gotta take that risk. You gotta do it, man. There's a lot of family places that have been around mm-hmm. for decades, and those are the ones you want to go to. And uh, yeah, I can give you a list. There's probably about three off the top of my head that I think you should definitely check out. Nice. Have you been to the uh, Carolina beaches yet? Yeah. I've been to Wrightsville beach, been to the outer banks. Um, and then also it's not really North Carolina, but uh, Myrtle beach, um, like mm-hmm. that tip of South Carolina. Uh, they're pretty nice. I mean, they, I grew up near, uh, you know, Philadelphia. So we would have the Jersey shore. Um, so compared to that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> Some of our beaches here. I grew up in the so you had like hospital waste like showing up on the Jersey Shore. So you know, you got you have manage expectations there when I make these statements, right? Like it was, pretty, uh, it was, it was a lot different back then. Of course, Philly. I, I've never actually never been to Philly or Pennsylvania for that matter. Um, uh, comparison to Philly. Is where you're, and I'm not going to say for safety reasons, but where you're at currently in North Carolina is what's the difference from that to, to Philly? I'm sure I'll say a lot, but this uh, man, I am more nicer. I've heard Philly people kind of can be a pain in the rear, you know. I, I, I can know I, I've stopped defending Philadelphia fans, uh, I can't do it. Um, you know, I love them to death, I am mm-hmm. one, but I can't defend them anymore. Like, I just can't do it. So one of the differences I'll say is I can go to a football game in North Carolina wearing an opposing team's jersey and not get stabbed or shot. So there's that, there's that difference, I'd say, between the two. Um, you can do it in Philly, too, but you're probably going to get beer thrown at you or you're going to get wow. Um At the very least, people are going to yell at you and say something. <laughs> Whereas down here, it's more of a transient. More people have relocated here from the north and other areas of the country, so it's a little more laid back in terms of, you know, football stadium, you know, behavior and just showing up and being a fan of a different team. So that's one difference. I think, you know, the other difference is just you know the weather is a little bit nicer. Um, <laughs> we have a lot less, you know, uh, you know. So there's some things like that, but I mean, I love Philly. I, I really do. I love going up there and. You can walk anywhere and you can just start talking Eagles with people. Uh, you can start talking Sixers with people. And everyone up there has a pretty good pulse on like how the team's doing. You know, so it's a very big sports town and it's a generational sports town. So someone's grandfather's grandfather, you know, cheered for the Phillies type thing. And I think it's, that's what makes it unique and special. And that's why I think people are so passionate is that it's a part of their family. You know, they're, they're raised into it. Their parents are raised into it. It just passes down. Uh, and that's one thing that you can never take away from them. That's awesome. And, and you know, I've never been to Philly. My grandmother's from Pennsylvania, Washington, Pennsylvania. Or, yeah, Washington, Pennsylvania. Um, but um, never been there. I don't know if I plan on, you know, 
have no expectations to, but you never know. But North Carolina, we definitely mentioned, even just visiting. <clears throat> so definitely, I'll definitely hit some of that uh, good barbecue up there. Have you even been to Oklahoma City? Have you been to Oklahoma City before? I have not been to Oklahoma City before. I did go to Kansas one time and Missouri, but I haven't been to Oklahoma City. And one last thing about Philly, if you, you want to talk about a trip, you got to go to Philly and try some of their food. They have the best darn food. Like, you know, not just barbecue, but like Italian, you name it. They have some of the best food in the East Coast. So uh, I wouldn't write them off in terms of like, if you just want to go out and get a really great sandwich or something. <laughs> Is it, what's a good place to get a Philly cheesesteak from? Oh, man. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, all right. Every single sports cast will always do the South Street thing where they'll show like Jim, Geno's, or Pat's. Mm-hmm. If you're a tourist, great, go. I mean, it's a good experience. If you're a local, you're going to go probably to one of my favorites, which is D'Alessandro's in Roxborough. Um, I think that place is fantastic. There's other places that, you know, whoever you talk to in the city has their place. But uh, my place is D'Alessandro's, and it's not a tourist trap. Because, you know, I've heard <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I've heard a lot of – you know, I never had a genuine – Genuine, you know, you can buy those Philly cheesesteak things in these. Uh, I don't know, probably this yay big box that says it's your Philly cheesesteak. I'm like, no, I want you know, I want like a legit Philly cheesesteak from Philly. I don't want this rink. I think somewhere in Oklahoma they have one, but I don't know if it's legit or not. But nonetheless, if you come to Oklahoma City, definitely hit me up. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, if it's game week, I'll hit you up with the Thunder tickets and uh. All that good jazz. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That would be so cool. Thanks. You, you never know. I think I got tickets to the Sixers game, so I have to find wherever my thing's at. And uh, you never know. We maybe see uh, Ben Simmons missing some shots, or maybe he's maybe he's improving by then. <laughs> I give you guys. Uh, you and I would have so much fun just betting on if he's going to make the next jump shot or not. Ah, oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> uh, hey, definitely. Uh, if you ever come to Oklahoma City for real, though, jokes aside, I'll definitely hook you up and. Uh, and uh, you know, it's not bad here, Oklahoma. I know we don't get the the famous, you know, whatever. When don't, we don't live in TPs, we don't ride horses. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. So whatever you heard of that one, that's definitely false. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. All I've heard is that people are really nice, and yeah. uh, I would love to come out and do that. I think we'd have a great time, and I'll definitely let you know if I'm out that way. And maybe I'll come out that way just to grab a game with you too. I mean, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Hey, most definitely, and. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, we, we don't ride horses. So we do have horses downtown, but they do those little carriage thingy around Bricktown. But downtown's a whole lot better. I would now 20 years ago, I would have told you to get the you know what out of there because it, it was it was pretty bad 20 20 years ago. But nah, jokes aside, Oklahoma City, we're not bad. We can be weird, I'm sure, at times, but uh hey, while I can hear it's home, and I think that's the main thing. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, I mean you're your home is where you're happiest, right? So uh, nothing – I mean, I'm sure it's a wonderful place. I just haven't been there yet. Um, but I definitely would like to someday. Most definitely. And, uh, you know, in the show on that. But, uh, Dave, you know, like I said, anytime Oklahoma City opens you with open arms, and uh, we're, we'll definitely take care of you. Oh, man, thank you so much. And likewise, <laughs> if you want to come to Carolina, you just let me know. Most definitely. Everybody, uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, talking – you know, live sports, just the fun stuff. And this is this is what I do. I just love doing it. And thank you so much for coming on. Dave, the founder 
of Law Terrain watches. Give them a check out law-terrain.com. Of course, use air raid code, save 10%. See, I should have worn my watch. Now I feel bad. It's over here in the belt, and literally, it's, I got home, but uh, there you go. There you go. We're going to send out a link in the description once the podcast is released. Dave, again, thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening and the rest of your wonderful week. Thank you. You too, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me on. My pleasure. And Dave again from LawTerrain.com. Watches save 10% using the code Air Raid. Ladies and gentlemen, that's one down. We got one more to go. Join us next on the Air Raid Attack Podcast. Yours truly, Dan Krause from the Time to BS Podcast. And Wong Lam from the Defining Moments Podcast. We'll see you here shortly. <laughs>